0: This is News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. And this is Atlanta. The food, the wine, the entertainment, the lifestyle. This is Belinda Skelton's Atlanta Living. Sponsored by Granite Transformations. Done in a day, beautiful for life.
1: And a gorgeous Saturday to you folks. We are going to lighten your mood and uh, make you feel a little cooler on this sultry Saturday afternoon because we are talking spirits. Uh, Prohibition was part of this nation's history from 1919 well into 1933. Well, now Atlanta has its first distillery since Prohibition. We have the Old Fourth Distillery has now been producing vodka for about six months now. Now, in that space, um, it was called the Old... Uh, It was called the R.M. Rose Company, and however, it's been moved to Tennessee where um, distilling was legal, but I have one of the owners with me, Craig Moore, and his brother had this great idea about, hey, you know, prohibition's over, nobody's distilling uh, any spirits in the city of Atlanta, what a great place to do it, so Craig, you've hit on the gold mine.
2: Yes, uh, we think so, and uh, I appreciate you having me and and for your interest in Old Fort Distillery.
1: Well, you and I were talking off the air that um, there's, there's a lot of difference between making beer in the city... Uh, making wine and producing and distributing uh, wine in the city and making spirits in the city. And so uh, you can offer tours of the distillery, but right now no one can buy a bottle of the spirits from your distillery.
2: That's correct. Yeah. So uh, really distilled spirits nationwide, um, the, the laws are more strict for distilled spirits uh, versus beer and certainly versus wine.
1: Because everybody knows you can go on a wine tour and buy a, a, you know, a, case Absolutely. of wine and put it in the back of your car and drive away.
2: Absolutely. And, and some of these laws are certainly um, kind of holdovers from Prohibition era, uh, when the laws were rewritten after, after Prohibition. But um, yes, in our case, uh, we're in Georgia, obviously, and Georgia is what's called a three-tiered state. So, uh, And that's manufacturer, which is us. Uh, you have your distributor, uh, and there are some very large distributors, including the one that we use, United. And then you have your retailer, uh, bar, restaurant, and liquor store. And uh, in the eyes of the Georgia Department of Revenue, they basically see us as having one customer, and that's our distributor. So we're not allowed to show preference to any bars and restaurants, for example, For example, and certainly we're not allowed to sell a bottle uh, or product directly to uh, our consumer.
1: I really see this changing as uh, different sessions um, come and go through yeah. the legislature So right. I don't think it's always Going to be this way
2: And you know we're actually seeing uh, A trend in, in that direction really um, There was a law passed Just a few weeks ago uh, Signed into law by the governor That allows us to actually start Charging for our tours And we're allowed to charge up to $25 For the tour and then give away A full size 750 Milliliter bottle as a souvenir So mm-hmm. that's certainly a step in the right, right. direction and that actually goes into effect July July 1. So that's exciting for us. Um, you know, it gives us a way to sort of monetize our tours a little bit, but also get our hands into the product of, of people maybe coming from out of town who want to do a tour. And then at the end, they want to leave with something. They don't want to have to run up to the package store to, to grab our product. So that's definitely a step in the right direction.
1: Okay. You mentioned that you are uh – distributed through a distributor, and and you mentioned United, Mm -hmm. and that goes out um, to about a hundred bars and restaurants right now.
2: Uh, It's actually about a hundred liquor stores and probably around 300 bars and restaurants. Right, yeah, and and given that uh, we've only been active since December, uh, we think our distributor is doing a fantastic job of getting our product out there. We really had a strategy to launch sort of hyper-locally, if you will to launch in the neighborhoods around the distillery and to sort of match our production capability because we are a small facility with that demand out there. So we didn't want to sort of shotgun our product out there. Um, For us, it's more about getting quality accounts who want to buy that first case, but then they want to follow it up, and that's based on consumer demand.
1: Okay, so... To make vodka, which is what you're starting with, um, the old guard way of making vodka is, of course, potato. Mm -hmm. But you can also use um, corn, and you can use sugar cane.
2: Right. You could actually use uh, corn, wheat. Potatoes, uh, Ciroc famously uses grapes But really what you're doing Is you're extracting the sugar From the base starch And uh, for a variety of reasons We decided to sort of skip that step Of pulling the sugar out of the starch And go directly to a cane sugar base
1: So you're having no waste Where That's if you use potato mm-hmm. Or if you used corn right. You would have this waste And you would have to use pesticides
2: Well and you know Corn um, is, is not the most uh, um, environmentally friendly product. As you mentioned, you know, uh, most corn is genetically modified. Um, mm-hmm. It does require a lot of pesticides. It, it's just not that sustainable of okay. a product. And uh, for that reason, we started to look out there at uh, agricultural products that would give us a very clean and delicious spirit, but also one that was environmentally um, conscious, um, as well as one that didn't produce a lot of waste, like you mentioned. Uh, you know, if we were in uh, Wisconsin or something something like that, and we had heavy access to corn or wheat or something like that, maybe our decision would be different. And if there were farms all around that we could actually mm-hmm. give that uh, leftover uh, bulk a- agricultural uh, waste to for maybe you know feeding cattle or something like that, our choice also may have been different. But for us, we wanted to choose a relatively local agricultural product, and we get our sugar out of a family farm out of Louisiana. We wanted uh, a sustainable product, we wanted one that did not produce a lot of waste. And and then the, the side effect for us is a spirit that has a, uh, as you said, a kind of a burnt sugar nose to it, maybe a creme brulee type nose, uh, and a slightly sweet finish. And, it does
1: have a sweet finish. Mm-hmm. And and it's it just, really it, nice. It,
2: it's one that uh, time and time again we've had people – a lot of people who say – You know i'm not a vodka drinker and they come in and they try our product and you know they're they're pleasantly surprised at the ease at at which they can drink our product just on ice or straight And, um, you know, that was by design for us.
1: And I think vodka has been given a bad rap when it comes to just drinking the spirit alone, Mm -hmm. unlike the bourbons and maybe the gins and some of the other whiskeys where you would just drink it neat Mm -hmm. on ice, whatever. Um, Vodka normally is mixed with something else where – This doesn't have to be. It is very smooth. It already has a a flavor imparted in it.
2: Right. Yeah. and, And I think that was part of our decision making process was we realized that there were a lot of those, you know, sort of tasteless, flavorless, odorless, astringent you know, almost isopropyl type alcohol of vodkas on the market that were designed to be very dry, designed to be mixed and uh, we wanted to give the market something a little bit different and we found that bartenders restaurant owners, mixologists have been um, very receptive to a flavorful vodka that allows them to build a cocktail that uh, has some flavor and some taste to it, so uh, we think you can enjoy it and a, an infusion uh, A Moscow Mule uh, A martini oh, if you like love a Moscow
1: Mule But yeah. it's not over flavored it's, it's, right. It doesn't hem you in Like a Say a Mandarin Orange flavored right. vodka exactly. Or something like that Yeah
2: It hasn't been infused Or machinated With any type of uh, flavor It just has has its own Natural flavor From the agricultural Product that we start with
1: So folks If you have a question For Craig Moore uh, One of the owners Of Old Forth Distillery Here in downtown Atlanta Give us a call, 404-872-0750, 404-872-0750. I know way back in my lineage, um, I'm sure I've had some uh, bootleggers who (laughs) have (laughs) uh, uh, produced some of their own spirits Uh in the past Mm -hmm. and before Prohibition started, and um, we were talking that Prohibition is how NASCAR started.
2: Right. And, you know, uh, you, you mentioned something in your introduction about uh, the R.M. Rose distillery, um, and I just wanted to briefly touch on that. Um, you know, it, Atlanta, and the South in particular, before Prohibition occurred, um, really started to feel the pressure of the temperance movement. So there were there was a rich tradition of, of uh, distilling in Atlanta, and uh, R.M. Rose was actually the last holdout he closed in 1906. And he made some excellent bourbon, some excellent whiskeys, and um, it's kind of a shame that uh, that Were history... any
1: of those saved in any cellars that yeah, were able that to Not be... that I know of.
2: You know, I, I, sitting here in front of me, we have uh, one of his original jugs. Oh, it's uh, beautiful. And, and actually, our tasting room at our distillery has somewhat become a museum of mm-hmm. distilling history. We have some of these jugs and memorabilia from a variety of distillers that... Uh, that were around during that time, um, so you know we, we take very seriously the fact that we are the next distillery uh, legal functioning distillery mm-hmm. inside the city limits of Atlanta, uh, 108 years after the last one closed, and um, you know we we kind of feel a, a bit of a passing of the mantle, if you will.
1: Absolutely, and when I mentioned NASCAR uh, grew out of the prohibition movement, well they would they would soup up the cars mm-hmm. to get away from the police right, trying yeah. to run them out of mm-hmm. where their stills were. I mean, this is this is history. It, it uh, this is. is our nation's history. Uh,
2: exactly. And um, if you don't mind, there is uh, a couple of folks, Ron Smith and, and Mary O'Boyle, that uh, they've just released a book. I believe it's self-published. You can find it on their website, but it's called... Prohibition in Atlanta, Temperance, Tiger Kings, and White Lightning. And if you want to know about uh, the history of of the temperance movement and Prohibition and uh, some of the things that went on here in Georgia, that book is one to read for sure.
1: Excellent. Well, we're going to take a short break here. And when we come back, I mean, you're going to start distilling other spirits mm-hmm. you're going to um right. you're working on gin mm-hmm. and whiskey and yep. the way that you're going about this is fascinating how you can uh get a, a quick read on how an, uh-huh. an aged whiskey can turn out early right yep. so um we're going to pick your brain a little on that you're listening to atlanta living only on news 95 5 and am 750 wsb depend on it Thank you Scott and we do want to take a few minutes to think about the victims in Charleston South Carolina and the church shooting and all the families and parishioners um, that were involved in that that our hearts go out to you and prayers that um, that you you somehow find peace and know that that. This country is behind you, and this nation, and so we we do want to bring that to your attention. That that we are thinking about you. Um, we are speaking with Craig Moore. He is one of the owners of Old Fourth Distillery, and it is the first distillery here in the city limits of Atlanta since the Old R.M. Rose Company, that was the the last distillery. Uh, to go out um, as prohibition was was closing the doors. So uh, we've had a question, uh, Craig, that couldn't hold, and they they ask where they could buy mm-hmm. um, your your vodka, and you are distributed by United. So we were talking about um, Green Zone Ponce mm-hmm. is a, one of the popular ones. Um, Tower of Tower Liquors and Total Wine there are many many more but mm. those are some of the bigger most popular ones that you can find their um, vodka and when we come back They're going to start gin, they're going to start whiskey, they're going to start bourbon. And we're going to talk about those because those get just a little bit more complicated than vodka. And we're going to see what goes into making those in a distillery. So stay tuned. You're listening to Atlanta Living, only on News 95.5 and...
0: This is News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. And this is Atlanta. The food, the wine, the entertainment, the lifestyle. This is Melinda Skelton's Atlanta Living. Sponsored by Granite Transformations. Done in a day, beautiful for life.
1: And remember, updated news, weather, and traffic are just minutes away. For in-depth news coverage, remember to pick up your Sunday Atlanta Journal-Constitution for an investigation that digs into why Georgia has the highest increase in auto insurance rates and why you can blame it on the politicians and the weather. Hmm. It's 36 minutes after 1 o'clock, and I'm in the studio with Craig Moore. He and his brother Jeff started the Old Fourth Distillery. It's the first distillery back in Atlanta after Prohibition. The last one um, standing once Prohibition uh, started was R.M. Rose & Company. So, Craig, um, you started with vodka that's Mm -hmm. been immensely successful and you're you're working on gin correct okay Mm -hmm. that's not as easy
2: that is not as easy and uh vodka some of the guesswork of making vodka is taken out through the distillation process because the legal definition of vodka is a spirit that has been distilled to 190 proof or, or a neutral spirit that's 95% alcohol. Um so Distilling it to neutrality, and that's what we call our um, you know, our, our spirit after we make it, is called an NCS because it comes from cane sugar, so that's a neutral cane spirit. If it came from corn, wheat, or potatoes, it would be called NGS or a neutral mm-hmm. grain spirit. So, yeah, you know, a lot of people don't realize that gin really is the world's first flavored vodka because after we make our NCS – What we do is we run it back through our still one more time, and on our still we have what's called a gin head, and (laughs) a a gin head um, basically amounts to like a grill grate, and what happens is as the spirit boils in the pot, it turns into vapor. And as that vapor rises, in our case, that grill grate is sitting there, we'll put cheesecloth sacks full of our botanicals, mm-hmm. uh, juniper, coriander, citrus, whatever you want to put in there. And as that vapor passes through those botanicals, it picks up the flavor, odor, and characteristic of those botanicals. So um, you could do the same thing with other infusions, basically, and have flavored vodka. But um, so that's that's what gin is, actually.
1: Well, people, ha- people either have a... A love or a hate relationship mm-hmm. with gin mm-hmm. right now my theory is if they hate it they tried it too young in life when they <laughs> right. did not have mm-hmm. money in mm-hmm. college or after college and they bought a really cheap version right and um it was not what distilled yeah. properly or enough or something
2: yeah that's that's definitely possible for sure i mean there is um and just like with any spirit There's going to be A, a wide range of quality um, You know for us w- As we're developing Our gin recipe What we did was We found this really cool chart Of some of the top 30 gins in the world And it's got a list Of the botanicals From most used Obviously juniper mm-hmm. Juniper has to be An all gin To least used And you start to see Some of the commonality uh, Between some of the botanicals That are being used And mm-hmm. some of those top gins And especially gins That we enjoy uh, So it gives us an opportunity Opportunity to really mix and match, try some different botanicals, and to uh, come up with a flavor profile that, that we think will be, um, you know, good good for uh, for you know any type of drink. Whether you want to drink it straight, you want to have a martini, you want to have some other type of uh, gin-based drink.
1: And and we were just talking that that um, gin. Was used to prevent scurvy mm-hmm. for the military in the war.
2: Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Something uh, about that uh, juniper um, has that sort of, uh, I guess, calming effect on on the scurvy. Um, it's funny. There's um, a navy strength gin, um, <laughs> and um, the the navy strength gin is is pretty high proof. And uh, we tested out some of our gin at that navy strength, and it was maybe a little too hot for, for okay. our our taste. Uh, So that's one of the other things that is uh, sort of in in process where we're going to proof our gin. Right now, we're at around 47 and a half, about 95 uh, 95 proof.
1: So when do you think that your gin will be off the production line and on the shelf?
2: Um, yeah, we hope to launch it by our anniversary, which was December the 14th of last year. Uh, we'd like for it to be out sooner than that. Uh, some of it has to do with actually the manufacturing of our bottles. Uh, mm-hmm. Our bottles are actually manufactured in France. Um, we're waiting on a, our first glass proof of that gin bottle. If, uh, now,
1: why France?
2: Uh, actually, it's funny you asked that question, because if you notice our bottle... I mean, uh, it's
1: beautiful bottle.
2: Yeah, so if you notice, our bottle is, is blue in color. Right. Well, we we really wanted that blue color. But it's
1: clear, but it's a hue.
2: It's 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 very light blue, the uh, the color of the bottle. Mm -hmm. And uh, we wanted that uh, that slight blue color to it. And if you want to have colored glass, like like a Bombay, for example, Mm -hmm. your minimum order quantities of those glass bottles are like 100,000 and we didn't have a space or b money to buy a hundred thousand bottles well this company out of france was the only one that could do this special coating on the outside of the bottle to give us the color but allow us to order the bottles in a much smaller minimum order quantity. So that made that decision uh, pretty easy for us.
1: Okay. Well, what's the price point going to be on your gin?
2: Uh, we think it'll range from probably 30 to 35, something like that. Okay. Um, it is a little more expensive process, mm-hmm. um, and therefore a more expensive spirit on the shelf. Whereas our vodka is 25. You know, anywhere between 23 and 25, depending on where you buy it.
1: Folks, if you have a question for Craig and Old Forth Distillery, give us a call 404-872-0750. That's 404-872-0750. We had a caller earlier that couldn't stay on the line that she was asking kind of what's the difference in your vodka and stuff that her grandfather Mm -hmm. would produce out Mm -hmm. of the still basically.
2: Yeah, so what might be classified as moonshine, I think, uh, is what she asked, or, or mm-hmm. white lightning. White lightning. Um, yeah, so uh, generally what that is, is uh, a corn-based uh, moonshine um, that, that's unaged. So um, a, a lot of people don't realize that, uh, you know, bourbon, Really is is moonshine that has not been aged and bourbon the mash that it comes from is uh, it actually has to come uh, from 51 percent corn. So you'll find moonshines or white lighting Mm -hmm. out there that uh, ranges from you know half corn to 100 percent corn and basically it's just an unaged whiskey.
1: Wow, okay.
2: Right, whereas our vodka obviously does not have corn or rye or barley or anything like that in it, and of course it it sees no barrels, there's no aging process with the vodka.
1: Okay, tell me about the little barrel that you brought today, Mm -hmm. the miniature version of (laughs) the hundreds of gallons that we see in distilleries.
2: Yeah, so um, this small barrel is is two liters, and basically every month in a barrel of this size is equal to a year in a full-size barrel. And that's just basically because of the surface area of wood to liquid on the inside. So this is a barrel uh, that we use for testing purposes. We uh, have bourbon in barrels um, and actually have had bourbon in barrels since January. Mm -hmm. And we're going to do a four-year minimum aging process on, on our bourbon. But... We want to kind of see what it's going to be like. Um, So we started to put some of it in these small barrels. Um, So we'll age it anywhere from 30 days to 120 days and and test it throughout that process to see what the Spirit's doing. And uh, it's remarkable to see, A, how quickly the color changes, and uh, B, how the flavor changes dramatically day by day.
1: Now, are your barrels new? Where are Mm -hmm. you getting your barrels? Right.
2: Yeah, so actually uh, a lot of people don't realize this about bourbon. So there are four things that make bourbon bourbon. Uh, One, it has to be made in the United States. Two, the mash has to be 51% corn or more three it has to be aged a minimum of two years and four it has to be aged in new american white oak barrels it can't be french oak it can't be any other kind of oak and it has to be new you can only use that barrel one time in order to call it bourbon wow right so um we actually were very lucky a lot of people also don't realize that there is a shortage of bourbon worldwide right now and it's not the ability to make the clear liquid that you're going to put in barrels it's the ability to get the barrels that themselves. There's been a bad growing season for American white oak uh, for the last few years. Because of the rise in demand of bourbon, the large distilleries are sort of hoarding the barrels, making it more difficult for small distilleries like ourselves to actually get our hands on those barrels. We were fortunate to find actually 2,000 barrels, and these are full-size 53-gallon barrels uh, in Portugal that they were using for their port wine industry, unused barrels. We convinced a large distillery to buy 1,800 of them, and we were able to purchase 200 of them for ourselves. So that's enough for us to barrel what we want to barrel over the next basically two years
1: okay so but were those being used for wine
2: they were going to be going used to be for used. wine. yeah but they're completely unused so they're perfect for our, our bourbon aging
1: and then you're just going to start this process all over again next year well
2: you got it yeah i think we're going to uh, we're going to fill about 20 barrels per quarter for the next four years we'll put our bourbon out there january of 2019 uh, when we have a four-year product
1: now, what is the aged the whiskey where they want the aged barrels?
2: Mm-hmm. Right. So um, scotch actually uses used bourbon barrels. Uh, so does rum. A lot of rum manufacturers use used bourbon barrels. And there's an advantage there because the bourbon has taken out some of the tannins and taken out some of the chemical complexity out of the wood that you don't want in rum or scotch. So the barrels actually hold their value really well because you've added value to that barrel as you've aged your bourbon in it because then the scotch makers and rum makers will buy it from you afterwards.
1: That makes perfect sense. This has been a delightful half hour with you. If people want to get in touch and go on tours, mm-hmm. yep. how can they find you?
2: So our website is is O4D.com. o 04D.com. O is in Oscar, the number 4, D is in Delta.com. Um, that site's actually under development, but uh, we're on Facebook, we're on um, you know Twitter, Instagram, and all of those places. Facebook's a great place to interact with us right now. Tours are Thursdays from 2 to 7, Um, July 1, as some of the laws uh, are changing, we're going to probably open up some additional tour dates. So, um, yeah, please come by, and we'd love to show you around, give you a little taste, and then uh, July 1, we'll be able to send you on your way with a bottle.
1: Well, Craig, I'm going to come by for a tour. We'll have you back when you have some of these others available on the market. Thank you. Continued success, and congratulations on having Atlanta's first distillery after prohibition
2: thanks so much for having me
1: folks coming up next is david danzig with breaking choose stay tuned more atlanta living coming your way next
0: now back to build Skelton. skeleton
1: Welcome back, y'all, to Atlanta Living. It is time for Breaking Chews, our weekly check-in on all the up-to-the-minute breaking news about local restaurants, chefs, and festivals. I'm here with my favorite foodie correspondent, David Danzig, of the website BitesAndSites.net, and also a food writer for Atlanta Social Season magazine, and, of course, BelindaSkelton.com. Of course. Of course. Now, we are about to officially kick off some Summer weekend with the summer solstice. Right. Anything going on to celebrate that?
0: Why yes now that you ask. <laughs> um, Midtown West's hot newcomer, one of my favorite new places on the scene, it's called Cooks and Soldiers. Oh yeah. It's a Spanish concept. They they have Basque region cuisine from that, that region of Spain and with the summer solstice coming um, they're doing a special Guest chef dinner that just sounds fantastical. Um, this is going to be a collaboration with with cooks and soldiers, Chef Landon Thompson, and John Eisen Smith from Six Plates, that's in Durham, North Carolina, and Diane Flint. She's with Virginia's Foggy Ridge Cider. So they're all coming together to collaborate. Now this is on Tuesday, um, and our summer solstice obviously is this you know this Sunday. On Tuesday it's the 23rd that's where they traditionally celebrate that in san sebastian spain so that's why they're doing this on tuesday okay so they're going to come together this is a six course meal oh my gosh they're going to be things like pan seared diver scallop that's one of the six plates uh dishes i've had their
1: diver scallops there they're to die for. Yes.
0: Um, and then Cooks and Soldiers will be doing the Iberico Tenderloin. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a New York Strip. So this is an incredible combination of different flavors and, and influences. So it's $95 per person. That includes um, uh, that does not include tax and gratuity. Call Cooks and Soldiers 404-996-2623 or go to their website. I've got all the information and links also up at BelindaSkelton.com.
1: And we can see you through the week at Bites and Sights. .net. That's right. And check it out on belindaskelton.com. You're listening to News 955 on AM750 WSB. Depend on it.
0: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus,